It's the Super 90s Brothers! If you want to ruin Christmas for everybody, go ahead and quit, you fat asshole. Welcome to the Super 90s Brothers, ow, ow. where we do hazy memory riffs on the most poppin' decade ever. I'm your host, Brennan Pointer. Along with me is my co-host, Adam J. Pitzler, and today we're talking about the Santa Claus. Ow. Man, that was a that was a, a throwback. I, I have no idea what this song has to do with this movie at all, Adam. Nothing says Christmas quite like ZZ Top. <laughs> Um, <laughs> nothing. This was the this was the song they used in the shitty montage at the end of this movie, which we'll get to. And it was like literally the only song in this movie that wasn't like a Christmas song. So that's what you. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, it's a. I was playing it last night, like getting ready for the sh- for the show, and Abby was like bopping along to it. She really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, Abby has good taste. Yeah, I love ZZ Top. Um, oh, good. Me too. Watched a good documentary about you know the the start of them. So. If you're ever looking for uh when they were just AA top. <laughs> well, you know, they started back in the seventies, like and they got really big in the nineties. So So anyway, um how you been? I've been good. I've been I've been it been alright, you know. I, I I went on this uh not drinking for the last like a uh, couple months and uh Ow. that's been interesting. I mean I I did it because, you know, I I, I, th- I figured I needed to stop drinking a little bit. You know, like I needed to take a break from drinking. Were you ever like an alcohol? I don't ever like think of you as like somebody that drank drank a lot. <laughs> well, you know, when you take a test, the you know, like they give you a 20, uh, 20 question test in about for like AA, and if you take it and you have more than three, they you're considered an alcoholic. And uh, I had like I answered. You say yes to three of twenty AA questions. Like everybody's gonna say yes. Exactly. To three of 20. That's what I thought. But I answered like ten to twenty, and you know, I could I probably probably drink a little bit too much every once in a while. You know the drinks I pour. You you've mentioned it. Like I pour strong drinks. That's true. Like oh my goodness, I couldn't even drink that martini gave me. <laughs> I've I've made martinis for multiple people, and they they never finish them. So I yeah, I, it's very strong. Well, all right, good for you. Yeah. Um, I'm drinking like a lot. I mean, it's the holidays. <laughs> I had to be around like in-laws and family. So like my in-laws are cool though, but like I like I've been drinking. That's I mean, I, I'm, I picked a terrible time to stop drinking. Like, oh, yeah, uh, you, every, you're supposed to do this January 1st. What are you thinking? Yeah, I, I did it for, I've you know, Halloween, Thanksgiving. I'm going to try to get through Christmas like and I'm doing it as like kind of like just to get right with it. I, I think I'll. I just want to get back and have like normal drinks, you know, like just have a drink here and there. You know, I think I just kind of indulged a little bit too much. So, yeah, I get it. You want to you want to be able to just like drink like, a, you know, just have like a couple drinks and feel a good buzz. Exactly. Well, uh, good for you. Um, <clears throat> I'm promoting Brennan and you can all promote us. And that's why we're asking for those awesome five star reviews on Apple iTunes music. And uh, you can email the show. We don't get enough emails. Right, Brennan? 
we don't get enough emails, but we get a lot yeah, of listens. Guess, so yeah, yeah, you're listening. So email us. It's cool. Like Brennan will talk to you. I won't. Like I'm above that, but Brennan will. Super nineties brothers at gmail.com, all spelled out at super nineties brothers. Brennan is at Spocast Pods with a K. I'm at adampitzler.com. Give us some love. But today we're giving love to something else. It's the tunes of the time. Oh yeah. Tunes of the time. Yeah. And so we want to take you back to our favorite decade. The name of the show, our namesake, Super 90s Brothers, is taking you to November 11th, 1994. Brent and I were about 10 and a half years old to set the mood. Brent and I were born within a couple weeks of each other. And uh, so now I want you to just picture yourself back. It's November 1994. You're in your family's old car, and you're on the way to the movies, and the radio starts playing. That was Another Night by Real McCoy. Is it The Real McCoy or is it Real McCoy? They, I think they intentionally left off The. It's just Real McCoy. Okay. It's Real McCoy. Yeah. I mean, that was Another Night. That was... I, um, when you when this came up, yes, when I was like putting listening to this, I was like, man, this is... These are were, these were just two good songs. I love this song. It's so much I fun. I know. This song's awesome. Um, like, dude, this new system is so much better, don't you think, where I pick a song within the top 10? Yes. So this, this was this, this is a much better system. This I want to credit my buddy Tyler. <laughs> Why is that? Did he tell you to well, do this? He, 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 well, he pointed out we were like derailing the show sometimes with like these weird songs that we didn't even like. So mm. now we get to pick a fun song. I like it. Yeah, this is great. I, I this is not where it ends though because like we got the we got the the girl part, but I had to play. I have to play the guy part because it's it's so different yes, than please the do. This this is the white guy deep throat rapping. So yeah, that was uh, that was another night by Real McCoy. Awesome '90s song. It was it was thumping out tunes on our boom boxes in November 1994. And uh, yeah, this song has a great beat, don't you think? It does. It's a it's a it's a bop. It, you can dance to this. I was playing this in the kitchen last night. Abby loved it. This is a good like I I forgot about this song, but like me too. I told like I was like when I was looking at the top ten for this week, I was like another night, but like what is that? And I clicked it. and I was like oh. Me and my dog were dancing. I was like, oh my God, this is the song. Oh, so Jasmine loves uh, Another Night. That's great. Well, she's just very docile, so I can pick her up and make her do whatever <laughs> I want. Um, it made me want to like go to like a 90s rave. Uh, like I never went to a 90s rave because I was obviously like a like a young kid. But like I just remember movies being like portrayed, like raves being portrayed in the 90s, like Blade. Uh, what's that weird Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon movie um, where he Here? like... Yeah. And there's like a, they're in a, a rave in that. Like it's just, it kind of makes you just want to go to a 90s rave. So yeah, with Reese Witherspoon. With Reese, with 90s Reese Witherspoon. Exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, the, the video, 
the video is very frenetic. It's kind of all over the place. There's a lot of really quick shots and people on motorcycles. And there's all these Asian men like manually turning steering wheels. I can't figure out what they're doing, though. Um, they're they're making the beat with the steering wheel with the steering wheels. Yes, of course. OK, uh, so it had one hundred and eight million views on YouTube as of today. And uh, yeah, I think I said this. It was the number three song at the time. Our topic movie came out. Mm. Man, I couldn't imagine listening to this and then get, like in prepping me for to see the Santa Claus. Well, that's exactly what people were doing. They were listening to this pre-funking with uh, a couple of just a couple of drinks, only two to three to get a good buzz on. And because it's back in the 90s when we all had lower tolerances. And then uh, they were going on their way to the movie theater to see ow, the Santa Claus. So, Bre- Brennan, like, do you did you see this in the theater? Honestly, I have no idea. I, this movie, I know I've, like, I had this movie on VHS. Like, it was, like, a movie that we had. We probably got in, like, 1995 when it came out and watched it during Christmas. But, like, I I feel like I wouldn't, I would have went and saw this. This was, like, during, like, my my brothers were pretty young. So, they, I don't know if we were seeing movies as a family yet. And I don't know if I went and saw this. But it definitely, I remember, I remember the hype, or not, I shouldn't say hype, but I remember, like, people talking about it. I remember seeing the commercials for it, but I don't remember when I, if I went to the movie theater and so I don't have a memory about that. So, you know that this movie is about Tim Allen, who's like a divorced dad and he's single and he's trying to make a connection with his son on Christmas. Mm. Well, my, my mom and dad got divorced when I was eight. Mm. And when this movie came out and I was 10, I went to see it with my divorced, like single dad at the time. Oh, weird. My dad took me to this movie and you know, some some attempt at something <laughs> and so i saw this movie with my dad which is a different experience let me tell you like as my like it was like it was a little too on the nose you know right yeah <laughs> so i like i don't I've, I've been wanting to give brennan shit for making us pick this lousy movie like i don't get why people like this movie it's so it just stays in its lane like it, it's it's just very safe you know what i mean uh, I, I don't know what you mean. I, I don't feel like it's too safe. I feel like the movie... You think that the elves with attitude is super edgy? No, I don't it think really it's... really gets out of that lame fa- family-friendly... I definitely like think there's... Family drama lane. I think there's pieces of it that is, appeals to adults and appeals to children, which is what pieces, I... Pieces, yes. What's pieces, that? Yes. yes. I said pieces, yeah. yeah. I think you're right. Yes. So. Well, um, it, uh, it had a budget of $22 million. And it box office to 190 million to date. And now it's time for my favorite part of the show. Brennan's bad synopsis. Yeah, let's uh let's do it. I, I feel like I don't this one this one should be easy, but that does usually mean that usually means that this is gonna be terrible. You're gonna bomb. I'm gonna yeah, bomb. bomb. Uh so Tim Allen, he is a you know, like uh, Adam mentioned, he is a uh, single father, or he's divorced and he has a son and He's the son is coming over. For, I, I'm, let me restart. Doing I already started this terribly. Tim Allen is a divorced dad. He has his son over for Christmas. There, and then <laughs> I don't even know it's how to going explain. Well. I this don't is even how know how it's supposed to go. I don't know how to explain this. All that happens is it's called a Santa Claus. Like so, the Santa Claus. It's not the Santa. It's the Santa Claus. Like it's a clause, like a contract. Christmas night at Tim Allen's house. Santa Claus gets on the roof. He falls off because he hears a, you know, he hears someone on his roof. He thinks someone's intruding into his house. He goes outside and he yells at Santa Claus. Santa Claus falls. And then 
disappears. So now the Santa Claus is in effect, and now Tim Allen has to take over for Santa. He has to he has to put on the suit. He has to finish Christmas for Santa Claus, and now he has become Santa Claus. They, they go back to the North Pole after after Christmas is over with his son, and Tim Allen learns that he's going to have to be Santa Claus for the next. Forever, however long, until he dies, until he passes the torch to another Santa Claus. Um, and and in that year, between the first Santa, I mean, before the first Christmas and the next Christmas, all this stuff happens about, you know, he starts gaining weight, he becomes Santa Claus in effect. He, like, will shave his beard, and then his beard reappears, and he becomes, he becomes, he starts looking like Santa Claus. Uh, and then, basically, the movie is about, like, Tim Allen believing that he is actually Santa Claus and with the help of, you know, his son and, you know, all that. And there's some life lessons in there, but that's essentially it. Like Tim Allen becomes Santa Claus. Ow. So that's, that, that's better than, I mean, there's, I miss a lot of like the, the plot, but like, that's basically what the movie's about. Yeah. I gotta say it was, these bad synopses were better when you were trying to explain every silly little detail and, yeah. and getting lost and then dead ends. And you, you just wrapping them up all quickly, like a real synopsis, you know, like what you read on Netflix when you hover over a movie. Mm-hmm. It's not as fun. I will say I wasn't reading anything. So I, I did just do that synopsis off the top of my head. Well, I appreciate that you did it off the top of your head and didn't just plagiarize something for our audience and take it as your own. That would be pretty sleazy. And, uh, you know, as a writer, I hate plagiarism. Um, so that was, that's the Santa Claus. Uh, ow, good job, Brennan. And, um, I mean, yeah, let's, let's get right into the characters here. I mean, Tim Allen's like kind of the whole movie, you know, he, he plays Scott Calvin, which is a clever, you know, Ooh, acronym for uh, Santa Claus. SC. Yeah. So clever. So subtle. And, um, there was, uh, there was other candidates, um, I'll get to that were, uh, nominated for this role including Tom Hanks and Mel Gibson, but the top candidate was Bill Murray and they all declined for one reason or another. Um, but Tim Allen was, was getting to be kind of hot shit because he had started home improvement in 1991. And it was like the number one show in America for a time, like maybe one or two years later. Mm. And then he started getting, you know, big movie roles. And this was kind of his first big movie role outside of home improvement, which he was already doing really well. And, uh, you know, then he went on to do the toy story franchise, obviously, and the movie Jungle to Jungle and Galaxy Quest. And, um, you know, he established himself as a good 90s actor, we'll say. Yeah. So Tim Allen as Scott Calvin, he works at this soulless toy wholesaler company that produces, you know, big commercial toys for consumer gain over family values. And, you know, that's a good juxtaposition to becoming Santa. But, you know, the movie starts out, he's a piece of shit. He's lying to his ex-wife about why he's late home for dinner with his, you know, kid on Christmas Eve. And he's not a great dad. He takes to his son. He takes his son to Denny's on Christmas after he sets the turkey on fire. And you know he's just kind of crass. And we have a we have a moment like that to tell. We're also about families, but our families aren't here with us right now. It's probably why Johnson's secretary sit in his lap. <laughs> and then, like every great Christmas movie, it begins with Santa's death. Yeah, I mean that was a. I mean that was. You know, that doesn't happen much in movies, Santa dying. Yeah, it's exactly what I think of when I want to think of Disney and Christmas. Let's kill Santa. Let's have him fall off a fucking roof in our front yard in front of my son and watch him wither away into nothingness to no longer exist. Merry Christmas. So Tim Allen sees the suit sitting there and he's like, hey, there's this dead Santa. 
I, I might as well take his suit around. I'm, you never know. You might need it. It is cold. I'm going to carry his suit around. And then for some reason, they climb up on the roof because there's reindeer and he doesn't tell anybody. He doesn't call the cops. He takes his son up on the roof to get in the sled with a bunch of strange reindeer. And then something happens. He puts his coat on and now, bam, boom, baby, he's Santa. He's delivering presents all over the world. And then he physically starts turning into Santa, as Brennan said. He starts getting like super fat. And like the very first scene like when he's getting fat and he like wakes up out of bed and he's like super pudgy, he looks like an egg and he, he, he like gets on the scale and it says he only weighs 192 pounds. And I was like, Hey, that's what I weighed when I broke my leg. Maybe uh, Tim Allen's like really short. I don't know. I don't know. I looked that up. I thought of that too. He's five ten. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, so I'm like, Hey, that's not that short. That's only a little bit shorter than me. That Like he was way too fat to be 192 pounds. Don't you think? Yeah, for sure. Okay. He had to be right. like two ten at least. That made me feel really self-conscious. <laughs> I was like, what, 92? <laughs> so anyway, the, to, in my opinion, this is the best part of the movie. It's watching him get fat and, like, fight it and turn it into Santa Claus around his friends and family before it gets too heavy, which I'll get to. But, like, don't you think that's the best, the most fun? The most, yeah, the most fun is after, like, they go to the North Pole, they learn about the Santa Claus, and then he leaves, and then, like, he's still, like, in denial about this whole thing. Like, like he thinks he, like, dreamt it. And uh, and then all the things start happening that make him become Santa Claus, um, which is fun. I also, you know, I do really like how deprecating he is to the... The, the other husband, the husband, Judge Reinhold, which we'll get into in a little bit. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, going back to the to the casting, I, I, that's, it is strange that like it was like Hanks, Mo Gibson, Bill Murray, and then Tim Allen. I guess I, I mean he was really big. I mean, nineteen uh, Home Improvement did come out in nineteen ninety one, but like this was his first. Um, I mean, his first feature film, like where he was the. I mean, it was his first feature film. Like he was, he has a bit part in another movie in 1988. But like, that's crazy to think that like they that Disney put this much trust in Tim Allen, with you know never being in a movie before. Because you know back in the night, like back in the 80s and 90s, like uh, TV actors were not were not going to big, the big screen that much. You didn't see it that often. If yeah, so interesting. I think we've been better with Bill Murray. Be honest. Yeah, I mean, I like Tim Allen. I don't, I don't want to. I, I just don't think the script is very compelling. Like, I, I think there's a couple of there's a couple of good moments with Tim Allen being kind of a dick, um, in particular when he's getting fat and like uh, in denial about it. And uh, there's some there's some good moments, but like other than that, like, well, let's get to the next character, and that's Charlie, his son, the little the cute little boy. Um, kids think his dad is like kid he doesn't think his dad is cool until his dad starts becoming Santa. He thinks his dad is sort of like out of it and he doesn't like the Christmas spirit. And it's sort of like the beginning of a Hallmark movie where like, he doesn't get Christmas. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't get the spirit of Christmas and it's this mortal sin. So then they, he, this dad literally becomes Santa and they go to the North pole and do all this crazy shit with like elves. And then the kid comes back and he's like telling everybody and no one believes the kid. And so like every great Christmas movie, here comes the child custody dispute. <laughs> uh yeah because he because tim allen's crazy because he's uh because he's because like his son's going around and telling everyone that his dad's santa claus like 
It is kind of dull. Like they, the movie relies heavily on Tim Allen and being in his like one liners. Like the only clips you could really find online were like all of Tim Allen's one liners from the Santa Claus. Uh, and so it relied heavily on that. And you could tell that they were just making a movie for children that parents would take them to do and that like, and try to appease parents by having like some suggestive, you know, dialogue by Tim Allen. So, and then, yeah. And then the last character I want to talk about is uh, Judge Reinhold is the stepdad. My name is Judge. <laughs> so uh, you might know Judge Reinhold from uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High and uh, Beverly Hills Cops franchise. He's in the movie Vice Versa with Fred Savage, which is a really underrated like Freaky Friday knockoff. Um, invert that. Uh, and Gremlins is... And he's in Gremlins, which is an awesome movie, and everybody knows mm. that. Did you say Be- you said Beverly Hills Cop, right? I did. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Isn't that that's like what he's most known for? That in Fast Time, but yeah, I he's a yeah he's a stepdad. He's the stepdad that's like kind of like Tim Allen just gets the like shit on the entire like movie, which is which I think is hilarious. Because because like because he played- and again his name is Judge Reinhold Brennan. Yes. Did you want me- oh you want me to play this clip again? My name is Judge. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> so that's from Arrested Development. Um, for those of you who don't, don't know, Judge Reinhold did this really funny episode of Arrested Development where they, they were doing like a Judge Judy spinoff show, and it was called Judge Reinhold. And then he was the judge of this courtroom. And they did these like mock trials with William Hung, like singing a song. And... <laughs> and uh, Judge Reinhold was really offended that he thought the only reason he got the role was because his name was Judge and that he wanted everyone to know that he was also like really good at evaluation. And he kept trying to name, rename the show to stupid stuff like Mr. Reinhold's courtroom. Um, but his name is Judge Reinhold. Yes, we, I understand. Yes. My name is Judge. So yeah, Judge. I mean, so he plays a he plays a psychiatrist, which is like the big plot point of it is like he thinks that I, he he kind of plays a bad guy for a little bit in the movie, right? Like that, I would yeah, he's say. He's not really a bad guy. He's just he's sort of like he thinks he's being the voice of reason. You know, right. he thinks that like his stepson and his new wife's ex husband are having like delusional fantasies. Mm. And it does sound pretty delusional, like they're going to the North Pole, they're riding reindeer through the sky, they're fitting down tiny-ass chimneys via magic, delivering presents to every kid in within one night, and Tim Allen is gaining all this weight and dyeing his hair white, and he thinks they're crazy. That That is, yeah, I mean, he it would come across as very crazy. Uh, do you, what, uh, this brings another question, is when did you stop believing in Santa Claus? Oh, my sister. One year, she took me down to the garage and show. And this was like a week before Christmas. She took me down to the garage and showed me a stash of Christmas presents that were addressed from Santa. Oh, wow. And just to be mean. Just to be mean? Man. Yeah, that was uh, every. You know, you got to understand, like my house was kind of like Malcolm in the middle. Like if like if any one of us had a problem with the other, like we would we would exact revenge. So I probably said or did something to her to deserve this. But all I remember is her ruining Santa Claus for me. That's funny. Um, I I think uh, 
I think what I have no idea what made me stop believing in Santa Claus, but like it had to have been like pop culture. Like I think there's just like too much out there that like the, that like lets on that Santa Claus is fake, and you can only let that keep on going for so long, right? Like, and I and I also like don't really. I'm not really sure what to do with the kids. Like, I know the kids believe in Santa Claus, but, like, I also, like, don't want them to believe in Santa Claus for, like, much longer. Like, it, it, it you know, it's not, it's one of those things that you just don't really need to believe in to, like, have, in, enjoy Christmas. So. You're, like, kids are six? Six, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was about seven, I think, when I found out. Yeah. I, imagine it, like, you, if you have older siblings you find about it sooner because like I probably did the same thing to my brothers is like ruined it for them. But uh, I yeah, there wasn't shoved, shoved their, their little cute, you know, shiny faces into the gift stash that proves that Santa's not real. Right. Um, little Evan and Jordan, but getting noogies right in front of the Christmas stash. <laughs> um, but I still get presents from Santa Claus. So, you know, he, he might be real. Who knows? Um, so the psychiatrist, Judge Reinhold, he's he's worried that the Santa Claus issue is destroying Charlie's sense of reality, and he wants to help protect him from that, and he thinks the ex-husband's going off the deep rail. But I got to say, he handles it really well. He never becomes a dick. It never gets confrontational between the, the old dad and the new dad, which I did like um, as a kid going through that. Um, and there's this other reason Judge Reinhold doesn't believe in Santa, and it's because when he was a three-year-old, he all he wanted was an Oscar Mayer weenie whistle, and he didn't get it, so he stopped believing it. Three, fair, yeah, yeah. And Brendan, why don't you talk about the rest of the cast? The rest of the cast, yeah. There's the mom, uh, played by Wendy Cresum. Don't know who that is. I, she was in a uh, she was in Air Force One, I believe. She was was she the um, the wife of uh, Harris, I have no idea of her, Harrison. Ford? All I remember is that line from Harrison Ford where he has to cut the wires. Mm. And he has to cut three colors and keep a different three. And he doesn't know which. He's got to pick three to keep them alive. And he goes, I'm counting on you, red, white, and blue. <laughs> then he <laughs> then he cuts, like, the, you know, the purple, orange, and pink wires. And good, a good thing. He was right. Um, but, yeah, she's in it. She's kind of, I would say she's a pretty boring character. She's, she's Yeah, she's very basic. Yeah. And then my favorite character, though, one of my favorite characters well, it is my favorite character, is Bernard the the elf. And he's like the head elf. He's uh, played by David Crumholtz. And I don't know, David Crumholtz is one of those actors who's just been around for a really long time. And I and I always kind of get, he's, I don't know if he's a comedian, but he's he just kind of plays like a Jewish, fun, I, I would say a, Jew, a, a funny guy. Like, I don't really know how to explain him other than that. But like, he was in Harold and Kumar, like in, and yeah, he was in Harold and Kumar goes go to White Castle, and he kind of just had little bit parts and things. And he was also in um, what's that? Wasn't he in that show? Uh, he was in Adam's Family Values. Oh, Adam's Family. We did that last year, right? Yeah, and he was in that the year before this came out. But if you watch Adam's Family Values and then this movie back together, he he looks older than a year. Like it looks mm. like Adam's Family Values was filmed. At the like 19 months ago, or so. like he looks significantly older in this movie than he does in Adam Sandler values, right? Uh, maybe he just probably you know, he he was young, he probably just you know, went just, through puberty you know, really quick, pubertied up, yeah. Um, but he's he got he, the big P, he's also one of the he's also part of like the I don't know what you call this crew, but like the Seth Rogen's like, like he was part of like the freaks and geeks, like that type of crew for a for some movies, anyways. He's in this movie, he has he plays. Some of the like 
comic relief. He kind of explains the the plot, like what the Santa Claus is, because like when when um, what is the Santa Claus? So Brennan? I tried to get a I tried to get this clip, but I couldn't find it. Basically, anyone if Santa Claus dies in your presence, then you become Santa Claus. No, you have to put on the coat. And you got oh, you put on the coat. That's thank you. That's the Santa Claus. You don't clause. even know the clause. I don't know the clause. Be- but it's on the writing, on the little, like, um, I'm doing hand gestures, like on the business card. It's around the edge, but you can't read it. You have to have, like, a like a magnifying glass. But it's Are all right there on the so card. so many hand gestures in that explanation for our podcast. <laughs> it's like when Ryan Seacrest tried to high-five that blind guy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's a Santa Claus. You, he put on all the right, coat right. and he Let's, became can Santa Claus. Can we talk about the clause? Yeah, can we so talk about the clause? Yeah, sure. When I was 10, I didn't immediately recognize the spelling difference between claws and claws. Yes. And I didn't really understand what they were talking about. I didn't understand the Santa Claus when I was 10. Like, it it was completely over my head. Did you get it at 10? No, of course not. Like, I, okay. didn't, I don't know what the Santa Claus is. Okay, well, that that that's perpetuating my idea that, like, this isn't a very good kids movie. Like, the, the whole, like, gimmick of your movie revolves on them understanding something that like a kid isn't isn't going to naturally understand they don't know what a clause is yeah they yeah you don't know the clause they I mean they try to do a good job of explaining it but yeah they you know as a kid like i probably spelt santa claus like this um, i'm pretty sure i did too like i didn't like and i was like i was a bright kid Brennan was a bright kid we weren't dumbass little kids but we didn't know that how claws and claws were different and it didn't the, that whole premise was lost on on kids. I think they they should have instead of him, Scott Calvin becoming Santa Claus, it should have been about him taking like the North Pole to court to like fight the claws, like you know. And then that should have been the movie. Um, what was the consequence? Like, why did he have to do it? Couldn't he quit? I have no idea. I don't. I don't know the. Oh, end. it was like. Oh yeah, it was like if you quit, then like children don't get Christmas because like you're the only one that can do it. Right. There's a yeah. There's so you, a there's a whole scene if you where you want like, to ruin Christmas for everybody. Go ahead and quit, you fat asshole. Yeah. The, there's a whole scene where like Bernard lays it out to, to to Scott Calvin, and he like gets really heated. That's what I was trying to find. And uh, yeah, it's um, he he, and you know, and Tim Allen did not want to. He didn't want to ruin you know his child's belief in him. He didn't. He wanted to be you know he wanted to be a better version of himself ultimately. Um. So let's talk about the production history a little bit. Um, the screenplay is by Leo Benvenuti and Steve Rudnick, who we just talked about on our Space Jam podcast a few months back with special guest Tom Wassel. And uh, they also wrote the movie Kicking and Screaming. And I remember talking then, but I didn't think these guys were that funny when we did Space Jam. I was like, these guys, like their jokes don't don't really hit. Yeah, um, that's, that is funny that they did both these. Well, Kicking it. I haven't seen yeah, Kicking and Screaming. I haven't seen is it good? Um, I, I always kind of get these kind of. Oh yeah, Kicking and Screaming is one of the Will Ferrell, and he plays like a soccer coach. Yeah. I don't. I, I, I never. I don't think I've ever seen that. I would be open to watching it, but I've never seen it. Robert Duvall's in it. Um, if that helps you, if that oh, if I that like, tips like the scale. Um, yeah, I hey, mean Godfather. I I don't really know. Yeah, they. I I, the, I will say the the screenplay. Like I do enjoy the. The one-liners from from Will Ferrell, not Will Ferrell, from no, Will Ferrell would have been great um, later, but uh, from Tim Allen, like it's the only thing that like makes the movie semi-watchable now when you're showing it to your kids, and like something that as an adult that you you kind of recognize 
now. Like you don't ever recognize that stuff when you're a kid, you know, but like when you're an adult watching, you're like, oh, that's you giggle. Did you, did you watch this movie to prep for this? Yes. And you, you didn't like any of it. There was a couple moments, I guess, with Tim Allen being a dick. Okay. Like, that's true. But, like, just a couple. I thought most of them were pretty flat. Mm. I mean, it, yeah, it is what it is. I mean, it, yeah, it's a, it's a kid's movie, ultimately. Yeah. So it was directed by John Pasquin, who's mostly a TV director. Um, he did a shit ton of episodes of Home Improvement and even more of a Tim Allen show, Last Man Standing. He also worked on Roseanne and Family Ties and a bunch of others. He's This dude is, like, seriously Tim Allen's personal director. He also directed the films Jungle to Jungle and Joe Somebody, both starring Tim Allen. And uh, like I said, he's a TV director who's done a couple of films, this being one of them. Well, I mean, I, that that has to be why he, Tim Allen. Well, I wonder if that's why Tim Allen's in it then, right? I'm sure. Well, I or mean, maybe the, sure maybe this, maybe maybe this started the relationship. Like maybe this. No, is no, like, it didn't start it. This guy oh. worked on Home Improvement. Oh, before that. So like, yeah. Okay. So when. Mel Gibson, Tom Hanks, and Bill Murray passed. Maybe director John Pasquin got Tim Allen, the, helped get him. I'm sure he did. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he that did. Makes yeah. sense. That makes um, sense. And, you know, Tim Allen is funny. I, I I do like him. I think he's entertaining on screen. Like, he draws the eye when he's on screen, right? Like, he says funny things, and he makes funny faces. And I like him a lot. I just oh, – it's the script I'm not – I'm just not that fond of. Did you watch Home Improvement? Yeah, I watched. I didn't watch it religiously. Like it wasn't like Seinfeld or Frasier. Like I watched those. Like I know those by heart pretty much. But mm. like I watched Home Improvement just just casually. Yeah. Yeah, I I it was not one of those shows I watched. But I whenever I did tune in, if I ever tune in, if I ever did catch a Home Improvement, I always did enjoy Tim Allen. I still actually enjoy you know Tim Allen's comedy. I like listened to him on a, a podcast a couple like a year ago, and he's you know he's gotten a, you know a lot of bad press in the last like couple of years because of you know because of his tv show is very conservative he has some that asshole he has somewhat conservative views and you know that asshole and woke woke, woke culture always kind of like demonizes people who have bring conservative up, views have conservative views or bring them up and like you know bring them up at all and so but yeah i i, I enjoy it he reminds me of my dad like he reminds me of a guy like that you would like you would enjoy hanging out with. Like you could go hang out with Tim Allen, and he would be, he'd be hilarious. He'd probably be hilarious to hang out with. Um, yeah, Brennan's dad is good to hang out with. He always laughs at everybody's jokes. <laughs> um, so why don't you tell this fun little anecdote about this movie, Brennan? So, so there's a line in it, and I'm gonna play it for you right now. Neil's mom's number, in case. One eight hundred spank me. I know that number. <laughs> and a merry Christmas to you too. So apparently this 1-800-SPANK-ME was an actual um, was an actual number that people could call in. Call, like it was an actual sex line. There was a, a kid who called it in 1996 and he racked up over $400 in charges. Wow. Uh, she must have been pretty good. Do you think a kid is like actually having those conversations like having or do you think do you think he just like left it on and like. Well, is this kid in puberty like, or is he pre-puberty? <laughs> Uh, I have no idea. I have a really funny story, like, in the same vein. Um, This is, like, so this is early internet, uh, like, early internet, like, 2000. And I, like, we had, you know, when, back in the day, like, you had a computer, like, a a family computer. And if it was connected to the the internet, you know, you had to, it was, like, probably in an office. And if you got on the internet, 
your phone went out. You couldn't, ha- you couldn't talk on the phone and be on the internet at the same time unless you had two lines. And, uh, but in the office that we had it in, had the computer in, my dad left all these credit cards out. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I don't, and I, and I like used the credit card to like on some like porn sites and like probably like three months later, I racked up probably like a hundred and ninety dollars on what? like a credit card, and my dad and mom like sat me down and they like <laughs> had to like talk to me about it and like obviously the birds and the bees. No, not the birds and the bees. Like probably talked to me about like looking at porn or something. I have no idea what they talked to me about. You don't remember what they said. I don't remember the conversation. I because well, oh. it's like a. I mean, that's an awkward conversation to have with like your. 12 year old son is like so you were 12 I was, tw- I was like early like either early teens or yeah right around that age um okay but yeah i i discovered it i found it and i used it on some some early 2000 porn sites <laughs> so, did you have did you think you'd ever get away with that you're using your dad's credit card i don't know what i was thinking i don't know what i was thinking <laughs> like i honestly don't and like in, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I'm, I had this pervy friend Brandon for a while, and he was a couple years older than me. So when I was like ten, he was twelve. I was eleven, he was thirteen, mm-hmm. and he was always into calling like sex hotlines. And he would always want like wherever we went, like he'd he'd want to call them, and then like he'd hang up real fast. And he called them once at his own parents' house. I remember thinking, I remember telling him the same thing when I was like ten years old. Brandon, I was like, "You'll never get away with this. Your mom's gonna get the bill." <laughs> like, how did you not understand that? Oh, I probably understood it. I just knew I was gonna have to deal with it eventually, or like maybe they wouldn't find it so, out. So like, the the allure of porn was such a strong sense. Like the Pied Piper was calling you. It was louder than the conscience Jiminy Cricket on your on your other shoulder telling you don't do this at your dad's credit card. Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, that's so, puberty, folks. That's yeah. You know, I it, it happens. So, so I wanted to talk about something about the spirit of Christmas. Okay. And. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I think that the spirit of giving and the spirit of Christmas and Christmas itself served an amazing purpose and still does in society and especially, um, you know, maybe before the 90s, before the big, maybe before the 80s even, before the big consumerism love affair that Americans have. But like if Santa Claus, if Santa Claus is really the spirit of giving, don't you think it's kind of redundant now that we all just give to ourselves constantly all the time. Like we deny ourselves nothing. We do not, we, we go to get our, our $8 coffee every morning. We eat whatever we want. We entertain ourselves however we can, whenever we can with whatever we can. We accrue tens, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt to be able to live a lifestyle beyond our means mm. to feel big and powerful and, and um, free and amazing. Like, don't you think with all of that going on, Santa Claus, which is really about the spirit of giving, is just unnecessary. I mean, I well, so there's still. I mean, Santa Claus is still like in that you know Christian you know like that's very like a Christian tradition, and it's you know obviously transcended that now, obviously. But I don't. I totally agree with you. When my mother-in-law actually last couple weeks ago said, "Hey, can you send me a Christmas list of what you'd like?" and I'm like. I don't like, I don't know. Like I buy, like you said, I buy everything that I need for myself. Like if I want to buy a, and like 
the things that I like the high value, like she's not going to buy me that. She's not buying me a PS five or whatever, you know? And so, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think the spirit of Christmas is really, I, I love giving to people, but like for myself, like it, it is kind of like, it is kind of dead on me, you know, like I, I think it needs to, I think it needs to pivot and become like the spirit of togetherness and like mm. in a, in a, in a moving overly technological world, Christmas should be about spending actual face-to-face time with your friends and family. Oh, I like that. Um, yeah. So I wanted to make that point and see where you stood on it. Um, I mean, I think it's a good, I mean, I think it, I think it's viable. I, th- I think we, it, consumerism has taken over the world and we don't like, I don't need to buy my kids presents and it should be more about that. But I know I, I still love getting gifts at them. Yeah. I know. <laughs> All right. So let's get to what I've been talking a lot about today, which is the dumb shit. That's some dumb shit. Mm. So we played the Give Me All Your Lovin' ZZ Top song earlier because it's, it's a good song. But there's a montage in, we'll call it the climax um, of the movie with this. And it it is an absolute cringe fest. They're like walking in slow motion, like Reservoir Dogs style. They've got synchronized dance moves. They're fiddling with high-tech elven gadgets. There's Santa Clauses in police lineups because there's a manhunt for Santa Claus because Charlie disappeared. All to ZZ Top. Again, every great Christmas movie. Dot dot dot. And I like it's 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 bad. It's so bad. It makes me it makes me turn away with my eyes rolled up in my head like that Robert Downey Jr. meme. <laughs> that is a bad it's a bad montage. And um and it why I don't understand why they use "Give Me All You Lovin'" now that I think about it. Like it, yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, make, I like the song. Yeah, it makes no sense to what's going on. Interesting. And then it it's succeeded by the next dumbest thing in the movie, which is elves with attitude. Which legit, Brennan, I legit remember rolling my eyes at the age of ten in the theater with my deadbeat divorced dad. Like I remember thinking he's like, or elves with attitude. I remember thinking that was like the dumbest fucking line. I was 10 years old. I judged it so hard at 10. Was I just like a little shithead cynic or is it that bad of a line or both? It's a pretty bad line. And now that you th- I think about it, like it is really like a, they're really appropriating like NWA, which seems really inappropriate. <laughs> now that I think about it, like just, uh, yeah, that is really, that is cringy. Uh, I don't, that's what you think they're saying? You think it was an NWA homage? Well, NWA is that's what I mean. That's that's what yeah, I know. N- yeah, but but like, I don't know. This movie feels too white to have even. I mean, I mean the the. I forget the, the context of L's with attitude. Like, why did it? Why does it come up? I don't know, but the suffix with attitude transcends NWA. <laughs> I don't know. It, it is. I. It, it's cringeworthy. Yeah. Well, I hate those. I hate those elves. I want them to die a horrible, like, like leprous death. <laughs> The whole ending feels so off tone and just a giant pile of family friendly Disney crap. There's like no good Tim Allen humor at all in the last 20 minutes. Yeah, when you pointed that out, I was I was thinking the same like the movie really does lose its like tone in, in the last 20 minutes because it all becomes like lovey-dovey. The, you know, John Dryden hold the mom get like the presents that they always wanted as kids and you know everything turns out for the for the best and uh and the, and the action movie montages with like zz top and and the elves with attitude breaking him out of prison again a great christmas movie your dad's in prison on christmas eve and they break him out with tinsel and that douchey elf kid like looks at charlie and goes tinsel not just for decoration 
Oh man. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man. I'm sorry that you hate it so much. That I yeah. I the last couple of times I've watched this, I've only have made it through like the first like 45 minutes to an hour, so I never get to the end. But maybe the, there's a good reason for that. <laughs> so, have you ever watched any of the shitty sequels? Of course, of course not. I don't think so. Um, I, I saw not one on purpose. of them on cable a few years back, and it was it was bad. But it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't dog shit bad. It was just bad. Was it the second one or was it the like third one with like uh, Martin Short? Oh, it was Martin Short. Okay, yeah that that's the Santa Claus three, and he deals with um Jack Frost. Jack Frost. Jack Frost. Yeah. Which um yeah, I'm not sure. Santa Claus two is about. Um, the second clause is that <laughs> Santa has to get a find a wife, and so like there has to be a take a wife. Uh, yeah, he, <laughs> and okay. he has to find a wife in a year. So that so uh, this movie is ninety seven minutes, which is okay. It opened at number two behind a movie I love called Interview with a Vampire, um, based on a book that I love. Um, it, this movie is actually seventy two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which I found very high, very high. But it, it didn't have a ton of ratings. I think it was like less than sixty ratings. Yeah, fifty-eight so, I mean, ratings. That's not all that. Yeah, yeah. It's like not all that many people. The audience score is sixty-five percent, and I always think that's a telling sign when the audience score is less than the 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 tomato meter. Uh, so yeah. So I don't know. I'm just this movie. This movie. I don't like it. Brennan. I knew Brennan could do it because I know his. He told me his kids liked it, and I kind of you know sighed at them, but. They'll get over it. You know, they'll outgrow it. Maybe they'll hate this movie once me and Abby get divorced. You know, there you go. We can always hope. And I, I don't think all this this movie does not make it into like the, into the, the the yearly like watching for like Christmas movies. This is not like a gotta watch this movie before Christmas. I mean, I don't have many movies like that, but like this isn't one of them. Could you um, see Abby with Judge Reinhold in his prime? Because um, I kind of could. I feel like it's a good fit. Physically. I mean, she would always. She always says that she would. She when she her next husband will be rich. So I mean, was is Judge Reinhold like this a psychiatrist rich? Maybe psychiatrists do pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. So I could see that. Okay. Um, she's not. She's not marrying for love. That's for sure. She's marrying for you know stabi- stability and you know money. So. At a girl. But yeah, um, definitely they could definitely. I could see them being together. Um, okay. Good. We all could. So anyway. <laughs> So uh, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show to tell us who you think Brennan's wife might be a good fit for other 90s actors in their prime that we could discuss at super 90s brothers at gmail.com all spelled out or at super 90s brothers on Twitter. Brennan's at Spocast pods with a K. I'm at adampitzler.com. Check out my short films and screenplays. And uh, yeah, is there anything else, dude? No, I mean, this is going to be this is our first uh, show of December and we're going to do a, I think we're going to at least try to do one more and uh, we're going to come back with a what we think is somewhat of a better Christmas movie I'm hoping so yeah at least a, more, a better script we'll say that <laughs> um, and, and, and it yeah so join us next time on another Christmas spe- special but for Brennan Pointer I am Adam J. Pitzler this has been another jingle belling episode of Super 90s Bros the Santa Claus style and remember, if you get fat and grow a beard, you're probably going to lose custody of your kids. Peace. My name is Jim.